Welcome to the Geek Heart Horror Podcast. I am Demana, Eater of Blood, and I am joined by Golgoroth, Eater of Worlds. Tell me, Golgoroth, on a scale of just a few drops to completely drenched in blood, how excited are you to be kicking off a month of horror? Golgoroth is rather happy to be here today to talk about horror and all that. <laughs> that was great. That was I good. I, that was can't, good. I, can't, I can't keep the straight face. Oh my god. I didn't I didn't know if you would play along because I know your throat's been messing up, but uh... Uh, anything for the podcast and our beautiful listeners. <laughs> yes. Alright. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um just to clear things up, this is the Geek Heart Games podcast, but for the month of October, we're going to be celebrating horror because we love it so much. Um, so we're going to have various things that we're focusing on throughout the month. We're going to be playing a lot of horror games just to have some fun stuff to share with you. And most importantly, not, that's not the most important thing, but a fun thing to get out there, you guys. Um, on Friday, October 19th, we're going to have a community game night where we're playing Dead by Daylight. So this was a free PS Plus game just last month or the month before. I think it was August, maybe. Um, hopefully you guys claimed your free game. And if so, you should come play with us because we need to get a group together and just, uh, you know, murder each other like you do. So Yeah, you know, for fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just for funsies. It's no big deal. Um, that's what friends do. They kill each other all the time. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm getting... Oh, I'm so tricked up. Cody, do you want to tell us about what else is coming after October? <clears throat> so in November, we're doing something great for charity. I'm also getting choked up, apparently, but I'm going to keep going. Oh, my God. We got some throat issues. Uh, yeah, throat issues. <laughs> we I'm should not do those Golgoroth deep voices. <laughs> nope. Uh, so in November, specifically November 2nd and 3rd, around then, um, we're going to be participating in Extra Life. Uh, so what Extra Life is, is it is a charity program uh, where you play video games and stream it, or just play video games in general, and you have a donation set up to go to your local children's hospital. Um, we have a team that we've organized of, you know, a couple different podcast people. We've got Melissa Megan from Talking Comics and the uh, Sirens of Scream. Did I, mess, I didn't mess it up? Okay, good. Yeah, okay, I feel paranoid. Uh, <laughs> we have Jessica and Katie, correct? Mm-hmm. From Bitch Team Alpha. And it's and possible we have they'll group. have more people with them as well. You yeah. never know who's going to show up for them. So, but yeah. Yep. And then we have Megs from the No Undies on Sundays podcast. Is we don't wear underwear on Sunday, apparently. Um, I was going to throw this out there. I feel like we should do like a live podcast recording during Extra Life. That is the No Undies Sundays podcast. I mean, just because why not? I think, I don't know what we would talk about. Um, cause not wearing get, underwear. That would get real weird pretty quick. Um, Probably so, not safe for Twitch and their yeah, rules. Yeah, but I mean, we could figure something out. It'd probably be towards the end of Meg's stream because she's, I think she's planning to go for 24 hours again. So mm -hmm. she'll probably be pretty loopy by that time. So that could be pretty entertaining. I don't know. It's just an idea. It might not happen. That's but an idea. Something out there. 
So we form the podcast Posty is our team name. Yep. Uh, Sam has created a helpful link where you can go to geekheartgames.com slash extra life, correct? Uh, if you go there, it'll bring you straight to the podcast posse page. You can donate to anybody. It doesn't have to be me. It doesn't have to be Sam. It could be Melissa. It could be Megs. It could be any of the Pitch Team Alpha girls. Uh, no matter what, you're donating to help sick children in children's hospitals, and we greatly appreciate anything you do. Uh, we here at Geek Car Games are all about giving back to the community and you know helping people where we can. I've done Extra Life past two years. Sam, you did it last year. You, you Sam donated last and Sam people. played with yeah. some people. Sam hasn't uh, done it done it before. So, <laughs> so I've done extra life the past two years, and it's been amazing. Uh, each time, the my goals have gone higher and higher, um, and I'm looking forward to this year. This will be the first year we do it under the Geek Hard Games and the Podcast Posse banner, and I'm excited for it. Yeah. Excuse me. Oh my God, these we got. Seriously, your voice is like so weird right now. But, uh, yeah, a little bit. I but, feel uh, like I really shouldn't have, shouldn't have called out the Golgoroth. I think it was a bad idea. <laughs> Hopefully you'll last for the rest of the podcast. <clears throat> oh, and just one other thing I was going to mention. Speaking of Melissa Megan and Sirens of Scream, either just before now or right after, they're going to be releasing their 31 Days of Horror podcast. And so they've done that before where it's been just movies and they've had some really good recommendations. This year, I believe they're opening it up and having all different medium of horror. So there might be like books, comics, different stuff. So that'll be something really cool you might want to check out um, if you're looking for some, some good scares. But we have had some good scares recently. Cody, uh, not related to games. Um, <clears throat> so real briefly, I just wanted to talk about this book I read. Um, now, I feel like horror books sometimes are like really hard to, to find a good one because it's just it's just hard for a writer to capture like that feeling of dread and just like make you feel it as a reader. Um, but I, I read this book called What We Kill. And the summary had been something like there were these four teenagers who wake up in the middle of the woods one morning and um, one of them is just completely drenched in blood. One of them is missing his glass eye. Uh, one of them, a girl, is missing her pants. And the fourth guy just has this triangle branded into his arm. And none of them remember how they got there or what happened to them. And so the book is them trying to figure out what happened to get them in that situation. At the same time, there's this weird other stuff happening in town that, that is un, un, um, unraveling. And it was just a really good read. Uh, it, it starts with a mystery and it kind of reveals just enough in just the right timeline to keep you engaged and really interested in what's going on. Um, there is like some pretty disturbing stuff in it. So if you're sensitive to that, maybe, maybe not for you, but otherwise I, I really enjoyed it and I thought it was a, a great suspenseful read. So I recommend it. It's called what we kill. If I had done good homework, I would have looked up who the author was, but I didn't. <laughs> so Cody, why don't you tell us about some movies that you've been watching while I look up who that author is? Okay. <clears throat> So I went and saw The Nun. Uh, it's the new, newest movie from the Conjuring universe. Um, it's been a while since I've seen The Conjuring or Conjuring 2. Yeah. Um, and I've only seen one of the Annabelle movies. 
so I was like, okay, let's, you know, let's go see the nun. I've heard good things about it. I thought it was a really like it doesn't bog you down with like having to know everything about the Conjuring universe. Um, it's very straightforward. It gets you into like where the demon, whose demon, his name is Phallic, um, he shows up in Conjuring Two. Um, you know, it's just a simple story where they're telling you where this demon came from. Some really good scares in there. I'm not gonna go like too deep too deep into it just because it is still in theaters. So if you want to go see, it, I definitely recommend it. It's worth the money. I don't know, like um, I'm not a very religious person, so like anything revolving around horror and religion was very interesting to me because like it's just something I'm not a part of. So it's a new thing for me. I will say, uh, I don't know. It felt very short. Like we were <laughs> like sitting there, and like I was like, oh, I wonder how much time is left. Because uh, I knew it was like an hour and a half. Yeah. Like I pulled up the phone. I was like, oh, we have 20 minutes left. Oh, how are they wrapping this up? Okay. Um, <laughs> but it does a good job of wrapping it up. And uh, I, I liked it a lot. I, it was definitely worth it. Um, the popcorn they gave us sucked. I wasn't what? very happy about the popcorn. That's I'm, like, I'm a good pop. I'm a popcorn guy. I like eating popcorn while I, I watch a movie. I, not for me. Um, but no. I think it's good that it's a short movie because, like, yeah. you don't want a horror movie to be too long where it's just like dragging on. You want stuff happening to keep your attention the whole time. Like, that's I think that's yeah. Good. You know. So, who was the author of um, the book? The author is Howard Odense. That's O D E N T Z, and the book is called What We Kill. So, I recommend it. Okay. All right. Uh, and the other movie that I can kind of highly more recommend, uh, it's called The Terrifier. Now, there is a short called Terrifier, and this is called De-Terrifier, from what I understand. Okay. So, it features a villain named Art the Clown, and Art the Clown showed up in another movie called All Hallows' Eve. Now, it's not the Disney movie. It's a horror movie. So, you kind of got to finding the difference there okay. um, and this is a new actor playing his art um it is in a way a love letter to the 80s slasher genre art is a slasher he is really murdering people you're kind of that's what you're there to see for a second um, there i thought you were gonna say it's a love story about a clown no. who kills people but is he's in love he does it for love you know no. <laughs> okay um so, like, when you think about slasher movies, like, the act, you're not there for the acting. Like, if the acting is good, that's, you know, a bonus. But uh, I think Art the Clown is the best actor in, of all the characters in this movie. Um, the other ones are not that good. Um, <laughs> but that's not what I'm there to see. I'm not there to see, you know, top-notch acting. It's <laughs> not, I'm not expecting this to win an Emmy. Um, it's on Netflix, so you can watch yeah. it pretty available. Um should add the caveat that this is uh, the person who made this movie knew that they could get away with a lot of gore. Mm -hmm. This is a very gory movie. Um, <laughs> there are scenes that will make your skin crawl. <laughs> um, there is one, there is a scene that this movie definitely is infamous for. Um, if you go look up, it's the one scene everyone talks about. Um, it features a age old torture uh not mechanic not device but mechanic um involving a hacksaw it is creepy um art the clown is just fucking he freaks you out man like he is <laughs> he's well he's this black and white clown like head to toe black and white he's got a black black and white suit on black shoes his face is painted white with like black eyes and black lipstick 
but then he smiles. And he smiles and his teeth are black, but his gums are like bleeding. And so it's just like vicious, like Ew. he smiles at you. You're like, oh, God. Uh. Are they like pointy um, teeth? No, they're, they're just kind of like very straight. Okay. Um, But they look almost inhuman in a way. Like they're very weird. Uh, what, is, um, what is his nose situation? Does he have like a ball on his nose? Long, long crooked nose. Um, And it's very creepy looking. Like, like he, art is. Yeah, abnormally, yeah. Like, Art is a very creepy and, like, scary figure. Like, I think Art is the star of this movie. Like, if uh, they ever made a Terrifier 2 somehow with Art, like, I would watch it just for Art. Because I think Art comes away from this and it's like, like, I didn't really care for any of the other characters in this movie, but I feel like Art the Clown is, like, someone who could be a modern-day, like, Freddy Krueger, modern-day Jason. Oh, okay. Um, more so Jason slash Michael Myers because he's silent. He almost looks like a mime in a way. Oh, so yeah. you're kind of like, why don't you call him Art the Mime? But they call him Art the Clown. <laughs> he does do some clownish things later on. Um, this movie is creepy, gory, and I highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. Uh, like I said, if you're not into gore, just stay very far away from this movie because <laughs> it goes it goes some places. It's It's weird. But yeah, so that's the Terrifier. I'm intrigued. Uh, how like how old is this movie? Do you know? Like, I think it came out this year oh, or wow. late last year. Okay. It's not very old. It's it's only been around I think a year. So. It's not like a ne- but, Netflix original, is it? Just like a regular movie. No, it's okay. just a regular movie. Okay. Um, I think it came on. I think it's been out a year, but I think it came on Netflix this year. Maybe. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, cool. Yeah, I I liked it a lot. Um, Oh, like halfway through the movie, I was like, I don't really know what I feel about this movie. And then towards the end, I was like, you know, that wasn't that bad. It was actually really good. Like, I really liked it. Um, as someone who likes slasher movies, like, that's, you know, like, uh, we were talking in Discord earlier about uh, there's a movie coming out. Uh, it came out this past weekend, actually. Uh, Hellfest. Oh, it's already um, out? I thought it was next weekend. I believe it, well, by the time this comes out. Never, doesn't yeah, matter. Okay. doesn't matter. Um. <laughs> Hellfest is like a return to slasher genre and like it's uh slashers of always my favorite like Jason Voorhees is my favorite character um Michael Myers is really cool Freddy's really cool um and like I've always had the opinion that like making a slasher nowadays is very hard because our society has just been kind of polarized by jump scares so like yeah. how do you make a slasher that doesn't have jump scares that's still true to the slasher genre is like you know those old slasher movies, you're kind of there to see kills. Like, that's kind of... You're almost rooting for the bad guy in most cases. So I'm interested to see how Hellfest does. And I'll just say for the record, I, I love a good jump scare. I mean... Yeah, so do I. So do I. Like, I, But it's just... That's thanks to, like, Paranormal Activity and all these found footage films and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, that's what kind of people recognize as horror. Like, I think if you ask anybody, The Predator is not a horror movie. But it is a horror movie it's featuring a big bad monster who is scary but to them that's probably just an action film to most people but it is a horror movie so yeah just we're talking about horror i just want to talk about horror i love horror okay Uh, i will say i think it's interesting that you watched yet another clown movie because just the other week we were talking about stitches and like now we're just like on a on a horror clown theme i don't know it's weird i mean when we were we originally were going to watch Terrifier, and then I was like, well, let's watch Stitches. Um, but I think the, like, the 
cover art for Terrifier on Netflix like just kind of draws you in because it's mm-hmm. a picture of art. And the first okay. time you see art, you're going to be like, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. So, Terrifier and the Nun for me. Cool. All right. So now we'll take just a, just a brief jump away from horror for a tiny bit and talk about some video games. Because, you know, <laughs> I mean, I guess that's why we're here. Um, yeah. So... You know, we're still in that that mix where we got some really good games going on. We've got Spider-Man, we've got Shadow of the Tomb Raider. It's like, ah, oh, such good games. So, of course, I am going to play a game called Trials Evolution, which was released <laughs> in 2012. Now, why would I play that, right? Um, I don't know. So, just randomly, my friend Crawley, who I've played... Um, Trials Fusion with, and then we played some of the beta together for Trials Rising. So, like, he's my Trials buddy, you know, and he's really good. Like, he's the one where, like, I always want to try to, like, beat his time on a track, and I never do, because he's, like, super good at it. <clears throat> Sometimes I can beat Hugh's score, but not often. But, uh, but anyway, so he's my buddy, and he just randomly, I get this email that says he's gifted me uh, Trials Evolution on Steam. And I'm like, that's so sweet. Oh my God. I like, yes, I need more trials in my life. Thank you. Um, So of course I immediately downloaded it. And instead of playing Spider-Man or Shadow of the Tomb Raider, I was like, let me just, let me just play this a little. I'll I'll talk about Shadow of the Tomb Raider next week. um, Cause I'm, I'm in a good spot with it now. But like at the time I was like, oh, I don't want to play this. I'm bored. And so like, that's why I went and played Trials Evolution. And it's just like, you know, it's your typical trials game. These are all pretty much the same. You're on your bike going across tracks, trying not to crash. Um, and so the interesting thing was like, so I'm playing on the PC and like, I just had it there with me in the living room and like, I was feeling super lazy. So I was like, I don't even want to like get up and go like plug in a mouse or go get a controller to do this. So I was like, I'm just going to play on my laptop and like when you're playing Trials Fusion on the PC, apparently all you need are the arrow keys. So like up is to go, hmm. uh, back or down is your break, and then left and right are to lean left or right. So it's like super okay. easy. So like you're playing with just one hand, which was new to me because I'm used to like using a joystick on one and accelerating with the other hand, you know? So it took a little bit of getting used to, but um, but I adapted to it pretty well. <clears throat> And I was like, this is just like a fun little thing. Like, I'm not even going to care about it. I'm just going to go through this and just see what happens, you know. But then like the first time that I got like a silver medal and I was about half a second away from getting a gold medal, I was like, no, I have to go back until I get this gold medal. So I ended up going and like getting the gold medals because like, I guess I'm a little bit OCD about my trials games. Um, And one thing that I thought was really cool, like, this came out in 2012, so I mean, it was quite a while ago. And it has a feature that is, was just built into the game where at the end of your track race, you can just click this button and say, I want to share this on YouTube. And it will export your your run on that track. And then you can link and upload it to YouTube, just like super easy. And like, it feels like that was like six years ago. And we probably didn't have the type of streaming and video capture stuff that we did now. So I feel like it was probably like a a, a pretty revolutionary 
thing to have in a game. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. Cody, you would like this one the best probably because it had more of like a heavy metal soundtrack. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. And then right. there was this these maps that would show up sometimes that they seemed like maybe you were in the middle of World War II and like there were bombs and stuff dropping all around you and like you're biking over shrapnel and stuff. It was it was pretty interesting, but some of them were like normal looking tracks. So I don't I don't know what was going on there, but um, I I didn't play any of the multiplayer. I don't know if there are still people around playing this game online, but uh, but I had it. I'm sure there are. Probably <laughs> it's Steam. Somebody's like, oh hey, I saw that game totally. Yeah yeah. So but I mean I had a lot of fun with the campaign. Um, so yeah, I mean I don't know guys. I I have a bit of a trials addiction. I can't help it. I just I just have fun playing the, those types of games. So, I don't know. Um, Cody, did you play any new or really old but new to you games? <laughs> um, so it's kind of it's apparently been on PC for a bit. Um, but I played this game called Warface. Um, it had a like kind of closed alpha kind of thing going on that you could buy into for sixty dollars a few uh, months. I think a few weeks back. That's expensive um, for an early access. Jump in. Yeah, I know, right? Um, but it just went free to play on PS4. Um, it is a modern combat shooter. Uh, their kind of pitch is that, like, while Battlefield and Call of Duty were going to the future or going to the past, like, they've been making this game to be modern combat, like what people have been wanting for a while, you know, boots on the ground, but modern, instead of old World War II guns. Um, but I was like, okay, that's a pretty pretty brilliant pitch like you know the only other people doing that is really like rainbow six uh siege but that's like a tactical this is a more fast paced um and this one comes with like co-op pve missions and a multiplayer pvp that's kind of maps so i jumped in and i played a couple of the co-op pvp stuff and uh, i think i just unlocked a pvp match and i didn't get to hop into it but i have seen gameplay of it um it definitely reminds me of old school Call of Duty games uh, that I used to play, like Modern Warfare 2 is what it reminded me a lot of. Uh, really fast paced, you're constantly running around into people. The shooting feels really good, and there's a lot of cool mechanics to it. Uh, so, like, they've introduced, so you can vault in the game, so you can vault over walls and stuff. But to say you want to get up uh, to a higher vantage point, well, if you've got a buddy next to you, you hold square against this wall, <laughs> you can lift each other up and pull the other guy up and so like me and this dude were playing the co-op uh, pve mission and like we wanted to get to a sniper spot so we helped each other up while our other two guys were running around shooting people on the ground and we got up there and started sniping people and like i was like this is really cool and like yeah. the ai is actually like i don't think there's a level you can put the ai on maybe there is i didn't find it um but the ai was like for where we're at we're actually kind of difficult at points but also like there were some dumb AI, like one that would just run up to you and stand there. And I was like, you're, you're dead, buddy. But there were some that were like, shoot you from very far away. Um, so like, it did feel like a nice, nice balance for a beginner mission. Um, I think the only issue with the game is that it is a free to play the game. So there are microtransactions in the game and you would think, okay, microtransactions, like I can buy a skin for my gun. That's true. You can also pay $60 and unlock every weapon from the start instead of uh earning it um 
that sucks. And like uh, PS Plus does get like a one month like booster pack thing. Mm-hmm. I think comes with a couple guns. Uh, so I don't know, like if you don't grab that right away, I wonder how long it's in the store for. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of sucks. Like I would prefer if they just stuck to skins. I don't. I don't like the idea that like if I do hop into the PVP later on and I have two guns. Meanwhile, Johnny Two Shoes over there paid sixty dollars, and he's got a gold scar that's gonna uh, shoot me from across the map and one shot me. Uh, but I guess it's the price to pay for a free to play game, and it's well, really well made. I'll give them that. And also, you know, say someone's been playing it for like two months straight, and then somebody else just jumps in. So somebody who's been playing it all that time is gonna have all the better guns anyway. Um, yeah, good point. So I mean, that's just something that's going to happen. I yeah. Don't know. Um, I'm not that bothered by it. Like, I'm going to play it every now and then, just get a, like, see what I can get. Um, and they give you a nice tutorial at the start that kind of teaches you everything. It teaches you how to do the vaulting thing. Uh, it helps you learn how to equip uh, sites on the fly. And, like, it's, it's a pretty cool thing. Like, it's free. So, like, yeah. you could definitely just hop in, give it a shot, see what you like about it. Um, I definitely recommend it. So that's a uh, Warface. Um, not it's to be, on the not to be confused with Warframe. There's a lot of games yeah, yeah. that sound similar these days. Yeah. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, oh, it's uh, made by Crytek, who uh, oh. they used to make the Crisis games um, back in the day. So I got, I kind of got the feel from that. So was I was like, what did we just? We were just talking about Crytek, but isn't Crytek the one who does Far Cry? Is that what Maybe. Byron? I think Byron was talking Maybe. about that on on our Discord. We were talking about the original Not Far Cry. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Well, maybe yeah. we'll it's, it's irrelevant. I guess it doesn't yeah. matter. It's fine. Warface. Warface. Yeah. That's what it's called. Warface. Okay. I guess because you're putting on your Warface and yeah. going in the war. <laughs> so that sounds right. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so now you're going to tell me about some, like, exciting new game that we've never even heard of, because, like, it's just so new and exciting, right? Unfortunately, no, um, because there's a game I've talked about the past couple weeks. Um, So this is a new segment we're introducing, and the idea about this new segment was going to be, it's the Destiny Report. And we would report in very quickly about what we've been doing in Destiny. The only issue is a lot of exciting things are going on, and now I need to gush about Destiny for a couple of minutes. And I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. <laughs> um, so, like, let me paint the scene here. Young Cody. By young Cody, I mean two years ago. Here's all this good, exciting stuff about Destiny 1. Hasn't picked it up. It's like, it's not my thing. Then Destiny 1 Rise of Iron expansion comes out. And I hop in. And it's the best thing I've ever played at the time. I was like, this is amazing. There's all this stuff to do. It's super fun. Let's fast forward a year. Destiny 2 comes out. I'm having fun. Destiny 2 is great. But it's not that same fun that I got from Rise of Iron. Let's fast forward a year. Destiny 2 Forsaken comes out. I'm back in that spot where I'm having the time of my life playing this game. Like, it is so much fun. I, it's all I think about lately. Like, I like I'm like, all right, well, what am I gonna do when I get on? 
all right, well, I got to do this stuff to get ready to play with Sam because we're recording two Guardians. Uh, it's there's always something for me to do, and like, so the big thing I did this weekend because um, I was sick, I had a lot of time. I hit the max rank in Gambit and reset my rank. Let me tell you something. I did this mainly solo, so let me give you some tips out there if you're playing <laughs> game by yourself. Um, if you queue into a game, just don't worry about moats. Let your team pick moats because you're just there to kill stuff. Because there's, if you have one less person fighting for moats, the only time I would go get moats is if I saw no one was going to pick them up, yeah. and then I would stop at five and go bank. Um, it's just there are people there who just are die hard by getting moats. Let them do it. I just focused on being in the back, killing stuff. If a blocker came through, I would kill them. And then I would invade if I needed to. Uh, if I won a game, I instantly left. Because for some reason, I noticed if <laughs> you queued multiple times in a row without backing out, you would somehow find a four stack. Like, somehow. Or you would get put into a 1v3 like I did when I was on a four-win streak. So I found that if I won a game, left, requeued, I got to a five-win streak multiple times in a row. And once you hit the legend ranked in Gambit, the only way you can get Gambit points to rank up to get to the reset is by winning or bounties. Wait, so I was like, well, I got to win. You, oh, did you say by winning or by bounties? Yes, by winning or by bounties. Okay. Once you hit legend, and you have to get 3,000 XP that way. So I was like, I'm going on this win streak. I'm going to get there. Yeah, I was like, oh, God. Um, but I had a lot of fun doing it. Um, and when you reset, you get a masterworked hand cannon that feels amazing. Like I was like, well, this, is, this is a lot of fun. I like this. Um, I'm shooting stuff. They're exploding. I was happy. <laughs> uh, I got to do it two more times, though, because I want the title associated with Gambit and to get everything for it i gotta get a ghost that requires you to reset your infamy rank three times so is that yeah. is that reset three times in one season i believe so yes um my yeah. god that's so, so much gambit but i'm dedicated to it i love gambit i think gambit is my favorite mode of any game i've ever played like it's just a ton of fun uh you get your heart racing when like you both enemy teams got prime evil up and you're just watching the bars on each side and uh, and another big thing I did was uh, I hopped into the raid with uh, Justin Townsend from Talking Games and a couple of the Broken Thumbsticks guys, if you remember them. Um, and we bashed our heads against this one boss for like three hours. Oh, Didn't get that far, but I had a blast. Like every try like was just fun. Like... And it hasn't, like, I remember playing Leviathan was the Destiny 2, like, base raid. And, like, I don't know, I just was kind of, like, really annoyed by it, I guess. Mm -hmm. I didn't like the mechanics. The mechanics in this new raid are a lot of fun. Uh, there's more, there's actually bosses this time around, whereas in Leviathan, there's not really bosses until the final fight. Uh, this one, there is multiple bosses. Um, so, yeah, like, we would, like, messed up one tiny thing and like the thing would wipe but i was happy the entire time because like it was just fun to play and it was a blast and like i don't know it's like i love destiny 2 base destiny 2 i love osiris and i liked warmine a lot and 
but something about Forsaken is just like lit this fire in me to mm-hmm. like, like I'm thinking about destiny tattoos all day at work and I'm like what, <laughs> what, what do I get like tattooed on my skin um, not on my face I, I just was rubbing my beard thinking <laughs> um, the, the, the villain the, just gonna get uh, like destiny stuff tattooed on my <laughs> not on my beard not on me um, and like they're adding new stuff every week like uh, the end game area which I won't spoil if you haven't got that far um is changing like today it changed dramatically and it's like that's crazy like that's really cool to me uh i i'm really excited for december when the new dlc drops next year we get to update the gambit uh i think the drifter is my favorite fucking character because he has the funniest lines yeah. uh, and like there's new ones i feel like every week like i feel like he gets updated every week with new lines about stuff and i'm like i'm down for this this is pretty funny I can't talk enough. Like, but when we talk about games of the year, I am going to count Destiny Forsaken as like an entirely new thing because it's added so much. It's uh, and it, like, it comes with its issues. Uh, like, I think Infusion is kind of broke at the moment because, oh, do like, you? you think so? Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, I, I don't know. Really, because Masterwork cores are not very prominent um and it kind of is the anti of what they've been teaching us about infusion for the past like year of destiny 2 where it went from like oh you only really need glimmer and you can infuse all the time to now it's like well now you need all this stuff um yeah yeah i, I believe somebody said that was serious bullshit like quite a while ago but okay i, mean, I was fine were, with it until I, I was like hey there's not really a easy way to get masterwork course this kind of sucks i think sometimes um, spider sells them because i think jessica needed some this weekend and i think she bought some yeah. from him so it just depends on what he's selling but um but yeah uh and like i don't know i'm just every time i log in i'm super excited to play uh iron banner was this past week um I didn't like the Iron Banner armor, but I love Lord Saladin. So seeing my boy Saladin up there in the corner, I'm like, how you doing, man? How you doing? Um, <laughs> and like, we're going to get the Halloween event this year, uh, right. Festival of the Lost. And it's apparently got a big update coming to it. So I'm excited for that. Like, I understand Destiny 2 got its shit because of how it was very like step. It took a step back from Destiny 1 at the end. But like, I think we're in a time where Destiny, like that scene from John Wick where it's like uh, everyone keeps saying I'm back I'm thinking I'm back that's Destiny 2 right now it's back uh, I never saw John Wick I, so I don't know what you're talking about but it's fine okay what the time out what the fuck you've never seen John Wick John Wick's amazing I've I haven't seen John Wick 2 so I can't talk oh my god you haven't seen John Wick 2 what's wrong with you uh, I'm, I'm a blasphemer um, <laughs> yeah so this was me gushing about Destiny. Next week, if we do a Destiny report, it'll be very short. Um, I'll I'll just say that I was playing some Gambit also. Um, I played with uh, Gorak, this new guy from our Discord who joined just for just for Destiny. Uh, me and him and oh, Hugh yeah. from Talking Games played a bit this weekend, and it went well. And then I played with Jess also. So I think on both accounts, I've got my all of my uh, hand cannon kills in Gambit that I needed to get. And I am happy to report that at least twice in Gambit, I invaded and killed all four players on the other team. So nice. yeah, I was feeling pretty badass after that. But yeah. 
Yeah, I think Gambit's such a great mode. Like, it's got its issues, but it's getting, like, the sleeper simulator is a very strong gun, but they're they're nerfing it to an extent by making its aim assist a little different. Um, but yeah, Gambit's, every time I step out of a game, oh, wait, I'm Cody, like, Cody, that was really there fun. Was, oh my God, there was something I needed to tell you about. I don't know if you've, if you've heard about this, it's, I mean, it's pretty serious. So there was an incident in Raccoon City and there's lots of stories going around about what really happened. Um, some people say there was like a nuclear meltdown. Some people say there was a virus, there was rioting in the streets what what we know is um a lot of people died trouble was oh, shit. they didn't stay dead cody i believe it's time for resident evil <laughs> okay i didn't know where you were going for that for a second i was like what is happening no, okay. no. i thought it'd be fun to just interrupt and, yeah. and bring it up so nice surprise like the feature of this episode is about Resident Evil. Um, were, you, were, you, were you done with Destiny? I, I was figuring you're about oh, to yeah, no, Destiny. We're good. So yeah, I was yeah. like, here's oh, we're just going to interrupt. We're going to go for it. Um, no, you're good. So yeah. <laughs> See, you guys, if you've listened to the podcast, like at all, you know I love me some Resident Evil. Um, and Cody is, is just kind of starting to get into it. Um, now, I wanted to ask you, Cody. So did you know about the movies or the games first? The movies. Okay. I was the same. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, like, because I wasn't, I didn't, I don't know. I wasn't like a super big gamer um, in my younger years when, when Resident Evil first came out. The first Resident Evil came out in 1996. Um, so Cody wasn't born yet. I was just, you know, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I was like, wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I was two, thank you. Seriously? 1996? Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was born in 1994. Oh, oh God, now everyone knows my age. Sometimes I feel so old. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Uh, so yeah, I don't think uh, and my brother listens to this podcast, so you can tell me differently. I don't think uh, any of my brothers played Resident Evil games, so yeah. I just wasn't exposed to them. Um, but I remember watching a couple of the movies uh, and then kind of realizing, like, uh, oh, there's... There's video games that yeah. these movies are based off of. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, earlier this year, I made a Games of Shame list. It was a bunch of series I had never played before. Uh, Resident Evil was one of them. Um, so we kind of righted that wrong this year by our Let's Play series of Resident Evil 5. And I had a fucking blast. I love that game. That was so I, much fucking fun. I mean, hold on. Just to be clear, there, it was a two-pronged attack for your lack of Resident Evil games. We played Resident Evil 5, and then you were trying Resident Evil 7 on your Yeah, own. good point. That was actually yeah, your point. first attempt, right? Yeah. That didn't go so I got, well. I, I, I got pretty far i guess no um, no not really no no um no i got fair i got stuck at some point and we just I, we need to sit down and uh do a share play so i can figure out where i need to go because i'm so lost i haven't um, been Resident it. 5, i thought you were just gonna stop i'm like i don't know i don't want to make you play uh, it if you don't want to so no nah, i'd like to um because i like a good horror game so <laughs> and i've heard so many good things about this one um 
But uh, so yeah, Resident Evil Five, I had a lot of fun with. Um, I don't know. I guess it probably is partially because we played together. Um, but also, I don't know. I kind of like the story was cool. Like it was nothing crazy. Yeah. Like you kind of filled me in on some stuff. Uh, but I like the characters of uh, Chris and Shiva. Like they were really cool. Um, I think my biggest complaint was the final boss fight. Uh, there was one part, and this comes out after it's over, so we can kind of talk about this now. Yeah. Um, there's a part that we just could not figure the fuck out, <laughs> and I was getting a little ragey. I was like, nope, fuck <laughs> this, I'm done. Cody was getting so mad, and I could tell that he was, like, really mad, and he was getting really frustrated at me because, like, I kept screwing stuff up, and we didn't know what we were doing, but, like, he kept it in. You kept it in really well, Cody, because, yeah. like, you weren't, you weren't getting mean to me or anything. You were just, like... I could just tell it was like boiling under the surface. <laughs> because I think, like in Resident Evil Seven, it's just not clear what I need to do next. Yeah. And so, like, if for this part, like this was the first time in the game, I was like, it's unclear what we need to do here. Like, yeah. I'm very confused. Well, uh, and I was getting mad. There were there were there were at least three boss fights towards the end where we we had okay, that yeah, problem. good point. And so we were yeah. getting frustrated. Uh -huh the previous next to last episode and then the last episode there were two parts and like yeah. we were we were fighting this guy for a really long time before like i was about to die and we didn't have any herbs and so like he told me to just go run around and try to find something and while i was doing that i found the rocket launchers that we needed to use to, to oh, do yeah. this so but it took a really long time i edited it out a lot of of that episode so that people wouldn't see how long we spent just like running around yeah. being like i don't know what we're supposed to do um <laughs> uh, but yeah uh it was really cool and like it kind of excites me to play the resident evil 2 remake because i know that's one you really like well, uh, no, so I mean, to be that. clear, I'm excited about resident evil 2 remake i've never successfully played oh, resident that's right. evil 2 that's right that was um we'll come back to that but yeah but so resident evil 5 like i had we had a lot of fun with that i love that it was co-op because like it doesn't seem like there's a ton of horror games out there that are good co-op where you can play with a buddy so yeah. it's exciting to get to do that um did you ever play just the original resident evil when it because we got it on ps plus when they did the hd remaster no i don't remember that when was that very long time ago, I imagine. At least, probably at least a year ago. Okay, no, I don't think I ever did that one. Yeah. Um, so I... I, I, I think had, I remember that, but no, I never got it. You probably didn't claim it because you're like, what's this stupid game? I don't want to play this. Yeah. Um, oh. But yeah, so I, I had it and I, I tried it when I, when I first got it, I think, and I didn't care for it. But in honor of our Resident Evil episode, I was like, I'm going to try it again, because I was going to try to play as many Resident Evils as I could to just, you know, get a well-rounded opinion here. Um, so Resident Evil 1, <clears throat> it starts, you can, you pick who you want to play as. Um, the first one you can play as Chris Redfield or Jill Valentine. So I picked to play as Jill, and you're bravo team has like lost contact so you're alpha team and you're going in to try to find them in the woods you get attacked by these freaking dogs of course like they're 
pretty much in like all the games, these hellhound dogs that attack you. And so you run into the mansion and then you have to go like explore the mansion and deal with zombies, try to figure out what happens, I guess. Um, I didn't play for very long because like, you know, I just, I don't like those old games very much. Um, <laughs> the graphics were like, they surprised me how good they were. Cause like I'd forgotten, but they were the re HD remaster looks really good. Um, and there are like five different control settings you can pick. So I finally found one where like I could actually like walk backwards and move around without it being like super weird. Um, so that was okay. But like you, you don't have like an aiming reticule. You just like point your gun and hope for the best. Um, that game didn't like highlight objects that you could pick up. So you just had to really have an eagle eye and be like, oh yeah, that looks like something I can go pick up. And then you go stand by it and it doesn't give you a prompt. You just have to push the button and be like, oh yeah, I can pick this up. Um, so it seemed kind of rough. I, I followed a walkthrough for a little while to just like make some progress. Cause I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing in this game. Um, but I feel like it's, it's a very, it was a pretty well done remake for, for updating it. And if you like that type of, hard game where you just have to figure it out and stuff isn't just like laid out for you then you know maybe it's for you it's not for me um but yeah so um resident evil 2 i had this game for a nintendo 64 and like i couldn't last five minutes because like i would just get killed by the zombies like constantly i just couldn't do it at all and so i was like you know what i'm a better gamer i'm gonna whip that bad boy out i'm gonna try it again and i'm gonna like see if i can do this now and so I went and like got my N64 out. I'm like, all right, let's do this. And like, I could not find the cartridge. I, I must have gotten rid of the game at some point, which I didn't think that I had. <laughs> so I was very disappointed. And I was tempted to like try to go to like a vintage stock and see if they had just a cheap one. But then I was like, I'm only going to play this for like 30 minutes, probably. It's really not worth the time. But uh, so I did not play that one. Um, I have never played Resident Evil 3 or Code Veronica. Um, you know I love Resident Evil 4, so we don't even have to get into that one. Um, yeah. I did I did go back and I played Resident Evil Zero, which that's on Game Pass right now on Xbox. And this is a prequel to the first Resident Evil. And like I said before, like the Bravo team went missing. So in uh, Resident Evil Zero, you're playing as Bravo team. And you're going oh, to... Okay. You... you <laughs> You end up on a train. I don't know why. And there's zombies on the train. This was before snakes on a plane. It was zombies on a train. So, um, uh. and the, the cool thing about this one was you play, you end up playing as two characters kind of at the same time. You switch back and forth between them. Um, and so like, if you'll need to like do puzzles, like one of them will be locked in the room and the other one will be free and they'll have to go get some stuff to like help this other one get out. And you just like can easily switch back and forth between them. Um, that was cool. What's not cool about this one is like, you're in a train car, you know, about yay wide, you walk to the end of the train car and then there's like this loading screen to like get to the next room. So like every few seconds there's a loading yeah. screen and I was just like, oh my God. I don't have the patience for it, um, but it seemed otherwise. Like if it had, if it hadn't had that, also if it had had a better inventory management, I think it would have been a lot better. So, um, okay. So then, I've always said that Resident Evil Six is just horrible, and I hate it, and it's just like a disgrace to the series. 
But I was like, okay, you know. I think a lot of people would agree people with you. See that. Like, whatever online. But uh, I was like, you know what? I'm I'm doing my special thing here. I'm gonna give it another go. Okay. So I popped it in to play it, and um, this one has like four different people that you can start playing as, and like they each have their own chapters. So you've got Leon Kennedy, I think Chris Redfield again, Ada Wong, and. I think this guy named Jake Mueller, which I don't know who he is. I don't know if he's been in other games before, but I apparently never played as him. So I looked at my stuff and I'd apparently played one chapter as Leon and one chapter as Chris before I gave up on this game. So I decided this time I'd play as Ada Wong. Um, she's a lot of fun. She has a grapple gun and she just like, you know, she always seems like a badass. So, so I started it and, um, Whew, like it it was real rough Cody I was just like getting killed 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 over and over again because like I just these enemies would keep swarming me and I was like this is ridiculous I hate this and then I stopped and thought about it and I was like you know when I first played Resident Evil 4 pretty much right at the beginning there's the village where you get swarmed by this horde of enemies so that's I mean that's classic Resident Evil having to deal with this from the beginning so it's like I just need to play smarter and like try to keep my stealth up and like not get myself overrun like this. And so I did. I was like, okay, I'm gonna take it slow. You can sneak up on enemies and like attack them from behind and just like one shot take them out. So I did a lot of that. And then like I finally got the hang of my crossbow because she has a crossbow, which is pretty cool. Oh, um, fuck yeah. Yeah, it's cool. But the thing is, you shoot your arrow and then like you would think it would yeah. like maybe automatically reload, but it doesn't. You have to hit the shoot button again to put an arrow in and then you hit your shoot button again to shoot it. And so like if you forgot to reload it after you shot it, then like you'd be trying to shoot someone and you'd actually be like, oh, got to reload the crossbow. So that was getting me into trouble for a while until I got the hang of it. Um but I, so the the problem I'd had with Resident Evil 6 before, I think, was that it was just like, it was too like nonstop action. Like it was trying to be like a Call of Duty or whatever and not like the, the, the style, the ambiance of a Resident Evil game. Um, but I'm playing it and I'm like, oh, I can push this button and it's going to like highlight and show me a way marker and be like, hey, go this way, go this way now, here, do this. And I'm like, I fucking love that. You know how I bitch about in games where I never know where to go. Like, this is telling me exactly where to go. And I'm like, this is this is having really fun actions. Like, there's no reason why I shouldn't like this game. Like, <laughs> I was having a good time with it. And I think the only reason that I didn't like it before is I think it was just too hard for me. Um, like... I wasn't as good as at video games back then, so I was dying a lot. Like I, like I said, I wasn't like playing smart enough to avoid stuff, um, and just like having to manage inventory on the fly and not really having being able to pause the game, like it was always live. I think that was just like too much for me back when I tried to play it before. Um, yeah. But now I'm like, you know what, you guys, Resident Evil Six is all right. At least this first chapter that I played, like it was. I was having a good time with it. Like, if I didn't have so many other games I wanted to play right now, like, I might go back and play some more Resident Evil 6. And I might still go back and do it, you know, once I have some time. But, like, I, I take back all the bad things that I've said about it. Um, it was, you know, it's not a bad game. <laughs> Cody, what you gonna say? 
Is Resident Evil 6 co-op? Yes. Why the fuck are we not playing that together? Come on, Sam, get together. Well, because I have it on I have it on PS3, and because like oh. I was never like I'm not gonna I would never spend my, more money to buy this on another system. But you know, I don't know. Maybe at some point we'll consider if it's like on a really good sale. Maybe we'll just get it yeah. and then we'll do another series. So. Um, okay. All right. But yeah, then so, we know your extensive knowledge with Resident Evil 7 because you played it 9,000 times. Um, yes, exactly 9,000 times. Oh, guys, look, here's my Resident Evil shirt. I think it's like backwards. You can't see it, but that says Resident Evil. So, um, oh my god, also, um, real quick, there's this game called Umbrella Corps, which Umbrella is the company in uh all the resident evil stuff they're the bad guys um it's real bad it's it's not a good game i hey you talked about it on here before yeah yeah Yeah, i talked about it It was bad so that's a bad game um there's also resident evil revelations one and two which i've played some of resident evil revelations one and it was a lot of fun it felt really like back to like what a resident evil four type game would be Oh my god, Cody's yawning. He's like, I'm, no, I'm, I'm sorry. so I'm tired so sorry. about this Resident Evil talk. Um, but yeah, it was it was <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, I don't remember if those are co-op or not, but I think that they are both on Game Pass right now as well. So um, I've been considering getting one on Switch just to have like a Resident Evil game. Yeah, on Switch. they I don't know. they go on sale on Switch all the time. I'm always like, I should buy one of these. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they'll have like a Halloween sale pretty soon. So I hope so. That'd be awesome. But yeah. Um, so is there anything else you want to talk we, about the games? Uh, no, just like I'm, I'm glad I finally got to play a Resident Evil game. I definitely want to go back and play Resident Evil 7. Yeah. Uh, but like, I think Resident Evil 2 is really looking really cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, like think i'm excited to play some more resident evil games you know it's kind of nice. lit the fire in me so awesome i mean you you might say you got infected like... oh nice nice <laughs> with uh ouroboros for yes. resident evil 5 exactly good job so a lot of fun names in resident evil 5 uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's weird um okay let's uh do you want to talk about some Resident Evil movies? Because, like... Well... <laughs> tell me your story. Funny story. <laughs> um, so Saturday night, I watched Resident Evil 1 because I knew we were doing the podcast. So last night, I was like, all right, I'll take this cough medicine they gave me. It's going to make me a little drowsy, but I'll fall asleep to Resident Evil 2. Like, I'll, I'll finish it and fall asleep afterwards. So I... I <laughs> what I thought did was load up Resident Evil 2 to watch... Um, and then I got halfway through the movie, and I'm like, "Man, it's fucking really familiar." Like, did I just really love Resident Evil Two as a kid or something? No, no, I accidentally hit play on Resident Evil One, uh, and like, I got to the dog scene in Resident Evil One, and I was like, "Man, this is real fucking familiar." Like, what is? What? And then I was like, "Oh, shit, it's midnight." I'm just going to go to sleep. <laughs> so, uh, I only watched Resident Evil 1. I've seen parts of Resident Evil 2. I've probably watched all Resident Evil, and I've seen a bunch of the other Resident Evil movies. Yeah. Could not tell you what's going on in them, besides the fact that 
Alice is a badass, and then there's another main heroine. I don't know her name, but well, there's a lot yeah. of other badass women. Like that's that's one of the things that I think really drew me to the Resident Evil franchise was that there are like so many badass women in these movies. Like every every movie kind of has a different one, and then some of them come back. Um, but that's one thing that's been really cool. Um, it just it blows my mind that. You were so messed up on your cough syrup that you didn't realize it was the same movie you'd already I, so bad. It's just like, <laughs> all seems really familiar. I don't know. Yeah, that's, there'd be a reason for that. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. Um, but let's, let, let's go ahead and talk about the first movie. So, what were some of your, all right, what was your, like, overall opinion? Good movie, bad movie, what do you think? I think it was a decent movie. Um, it's how are we judging the Resident Evil? Are we judging them based as video game movies or as movies? I or would both? say just as movies um, or both, but like just movies because like when we first started, when we first watched them, we didn't know about the games. Yeah. So as a base movie, I think it's a pretty decent movie. I think it has a plot that unravels as you watch mm -hmm. and it gets pretty good towards the end um i think the effects are pretty good for uh, when did this movie come out uh 2000 uh hold on i've got it here i've got i got notes 2002 is when the first one came yeah, out 2002 um i think the effects uh were pretty good uh there's some bad cgi at some points <laughs> um but for the most part you know i liked it i thought it was good yeah, um, I liked their effects, like, you know, you can tell, like, the big monster at the end, which is, like, the tongue lasher guy, like, they spent a lot of their money on that, so, like, yeah. and, like, if you had a close-up on the dogs, then you would see, like, they had, like, CGI effects on that, but otherwise, like, if it was just a body shot of the dogs, like, you could clearly tell that these were just regular dogs that they'd, like, draped a bunch of like gore and like bloody skin on yeah. to like make them look scary but you could tell that they were just dogs and i thought that was really awesome um i i think it's a real good movie um i don't know um, no that's fine yeah it's uh again like you've got your badass women which i like so you've got alice and then you've also got michelle rodriguez in this one um you've got amnesia like, I'm a sucker for, like, an amnesia story. Like, if someone wakes up and doesn't remember who they are, you've I'm got like, yes, this is... Badass woman, amnesia. <laughs> Fucking sold. I'm sold on it. Seriously, like, anytime there's a story where somebody, like, wakes up and doesn't know who they are, like that book I was just talking about, like, that, I'm like, yes, I want to know about this. I want them their mystery to unravel as they, like, we find out about them the same time they're finding out about themselves. So that gets me... Um, <clears throat> I, I love the, the dogs and, like, her fighting those dogs. It's just, like, there's some iconic scenes, like, when she runs on the wall and it, like, flips over and, like, just kicks the dog in the head. Um, yeah. Which, like, also, like, it's a zombie dog. Kicking it in the head's not gonna do much. But, hey, it's fine. It's awesome. Um, there's the, the scene where um, they've just gone into the facility and like the the room that's all filled with water and like you see that um the body just floating there and then like as soon as they walk away like it puts its hand up and like opens its eyes it's just like yeah. that little moment gets you um 
It's got some very cool scenes, like the laser wall room. My God, uh, yes. Because you're like, oh, uh, I don't know the act, the name of the actor, but the uh, yeah. African American man um, who has very badass deaths in two movies I know about. This one, and he's in Jason X, and he <laughs> rides Jason uh, down into the Earth's atmosphere and dies that way. <laughs> That's awesome. And this dude just has really good deaths in movies, apparently. Well, and that, um, this was, that was really good effects, like the laser rooms. Because, like, when you first see the yeah. lady and her neck just, like, and just her head just slides off. Because um, I guess you'd already seen yeah, the guy's fingers get cut off. I think they off. picked and choose there because they were like, all right, let's make this neck look really cool. But that dude who got some of his hand chopped yeah. off, it looked very, like, weird like almost like rock candy uh <laughs> like inside of his hand i was I like okay whatever the, they, i mean they had to like they had to take care of their budget and like they knew what they were putting all of their money into they're like let's, let's make some of this stuff look real cool the rest of it will just push under the yeah. rug it'll be fine but yeah and um, then that guy who just gets like diced up um that, that was, was pretty cool um, uh, my, my biggest complaint with the like was afterwards when they end up going in the hallway again and like they very clearly are like we don't have like we can't do that effect or like we don't have like practical effects to have like little blocks of flesh on the ground so they don't show it at all like he's just missing pretty much from that hallway i never um, realized that that's hilarious yeah they don't show it and i was like okay well, it'd be kind of cool if you showed it at least um <laughs> Nice. I think, yeah, I think the, the dogs look really cool. Uh, I think like a very iconic scene is um, what's her name? Rain, her mm -hmm. character. Um, she's been bitten a couple times and she's bleeding. Yeah. Uh, and she is. They're sitting on top of these pipes. And they're like, oh, get on the top of the pipes. And she's like dripping blood down onto the zombies, and the zombies are just freaking the fuck out. They're like, yeah. give it to us, give it to us. Um, I thought that was a really cool scene. Uh, well, and then the other soldier guy who kind of gets separated from them, and he's over yes. like on the pipes by himself, and he can't—he's not going to be able to get away, and he's only got like one bullet left, and so like he's saving, it and he thinks he's going to kill himself, but then he doesn't. He just shoots a zombie, and then like waits to get eaten. So it's tough decisions like yeah. that, man. I don't know. Yeah. Uh... I think my biggest complaint with the movie is uh, they don't really like I think they kind of rely on people just knowing Umbrella Corps is a bad business for a while before mm -hmm. they're like oh like they experimented on humans and like stuff like that like oh they murdered all these people so like the whole like Alice getting her flashbacks to the sister wanting to mm -hmm. buy the stuff and all of that. And which like they were, she was going to sell the T virus to these people and they were just going to sell it on like a black market. And that, that was totally cool. I guess like, Oh, I thought she was just going was, to like use it as evidence to expose what the corporation was doing. I thought Matt was like, we were going to sell it to get a bunch of money but maybe he was lying to her at that point apparently i didn't pay as good of attention as i thought also you you were sick so there's no telling if you're accurate with your i mean good point here. i mean technically i even... watched this movie 
Twice. I, I did think his name was Max, but I'm pretty sure someone calls him Max in this fucking no, movie. So. Someone at some point was like, hey, Max. And I was like, yep, no. okay. No, his name's Max. Um, I'm pretty sure, because like Alice was selling, well, I don't know that she was selling it. She was going to get her this stuff. It was like, promise me you will use this to take them down. Like, that was the whole point of it, was to expose Umbrella and bring down the corporation. Um, okay. I think, I'm, I'm pretty sure I think that maybe other Max... Dude, the other dudes took the stuff, and I think he was going to sell it to make money. Though he double-crossed her. But Alice's husband. Husband, right? in quotation marks. Okay, but no, but yeah. Matt was Lisa's brother. Yeah. Because Lisa was the person that was... Okay, and Matt was telling her, like, oh, we were just going to sell it. But maybe he was just lying because he didn't know who Alice was at that point. I don't know. I don't know. Because then Alice tells him towards the end because she remembers everything. Yeah. I might need uh, to watch that part again. Can we so backtrack? Just... Oh, go for it. Backtrack for just one second to the very beginning of the movie when the outbreak first starts happening and those people are stuck in the elevator and that woman is trying to crawl through the hole. She's like, "No, I can make it." There is absolutely no way she yeah. ever could have made it through Thank that you. hole. That was ridiculous. Like she's, she's like, "Just push me," and it's like, "No, your no. shoulder is stuck, <laughs> woman. There's They're going no to way. kill you." There's no way she could have fit through that hole. That was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh my god. Now, I will say, I'm a sucker for when they tie things together. Mm -hmm. So, at the beginning of this movie, they show a guy, somebody bumps into him, and he's supposed to coffee on himself. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the movie, you see it's the dude who was taking T-virus and all that. He causes the outbreak. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, I was like, oh, okay, so that makes sense. I love when they do that in the movie. I will say, I think by the end of the movie, they were running low on money. And so, the special effects for, like, the stuff coming out of Matt's arm that was yeah. gonna make a nemesis uh was a little rough looking like it just kind of <laughs> looked like play-doh was coming out of his arm hey man um, you have to make decisions when you have a strict budget it's fine and yeah yeah <laughs> uh so i've seen a few other resident evil movies mm. so is it ever kind of explored to why like because uh, i think at some point doesn't alice like do something and like she is like super powerful like super strong and like it's- Okay. okay, going for it. All right, so at the end of Resident Evil 1, both her and Matt are captured um, by mm. Umbrella, right? Uh, so Matt's already got his infection in the arm. Uh, they just decide, you know, hey, we like experimenting on people, so they inject Alice with the T-virus. And Alice, through the whole Resident Evil universe, she's the only one whose cells uh, can successfully bond with the T-virus. So she doesn't mm-hmm. turn into a mutated monster, she just gets superpowers. Um, and so in Resident Evil 2, like you see that, that's part of Umbrella is pitting her against Nemesis, which is what Matt has uh, mutated into. And because like they both have superpowers, but like she is still retaining her humanity. And so they're seeing like which one can win in a fight, which is just, you know, whatever. Um, I mean, that's pretty video gamey right there. That's, that's. Well, yeah, yeah. So before we went into this, I was like, I was kind of feeling like, I feel like Resident Evil 2 might be like my favorite uh, movie. Um, And like, I briefly considered not watching the first one again. I was like, let's just watch the second one because like, I like the first, the second one better. Um, And I think part of what it is, is the first one is, is trying to stay true to like the horror and like the slow building suspense type stuff. And two is where they're more starting to get into 
it's action. Let's have let's have lots of action. Uh, she's a badass. She's a super powered hero. Whatever. Let's let's showcase that. Uh, and so there's less kind of downtime like you might have in a typical horror movie. And you know, because with my short attention span, I'm I'm drawn to that. Um, <laughs> I also like in this in this uh, movie we get Jill Valentine as the secondary badass woman. Uh, she's a police officer. Uh, there's there's newspaper clippings like in her apartment or her house at the beginning that you briefly see, which I had to look up what exactly was going on because it said that she was a suspended uh, officer, and apparently she was suspended because. Her partner, Leon Kennedy, was killed, and she's like, it was a suspicious thing, and so that's why she got suspended, which is interesting, <laughs> because then that sets up, in this universe, Leon Kennedy is dead, so, uh, which we'll hmm. come back to that in a little bit, let me tell you. Um, but yeah, so the premise of this movie pretty much is uh, the... The infection has gotten out of the hive because, of course, they went back and reopened the hive to see what happened and let everything out. Um, and Raccoon City has just been taken over um, and people are trying to escape the city. But somehow they have it perfectly quarantined off and they have these like huge like metal walls that somehow they just already had built ready to go. I don't know. It's real suspect. Um, but anyway, so everybody's trapped in the city. Uh, they find out they're going to nuke the city. Uh, there's this doctor, Dr. Ashford, who contacts Alice and some other people and is like, hey, if you save my daughter, I can get you out of the city. Um, so they go find his daughter. And like, of course, there's this little girl that they have to deal with now in. Yes. Isn't his daughter who the uh, from the first movie, the little like, computer AI is based off of? Yes. That's what I thought. OK, I think I'm remembering the second movie now pretty well yes and her name is angela because doesn't alice get a motorcycle and like ride it into a church yes okay i'm remembering this movie a lot yeah she comes through the stained glass window and then like she jumps off the motorcycle has it go attack one of the tongue lasher guys and then like shoots it and explodes uh pretty fantastically okay there's like weird stuff between like the movies like how they kind of change stuff because like the final movie anyway all right we'll just say we'll just say for now that um dr ashford and his daughter angela i believe he made the t-virus to try to cure a problem that angela had with her health it became this bioweapon he didn't intend that it was a big oopsie uh but anyway so like angela and alice are both infected but they're handling it okay like it works fine with their bodies one thing that like i think part of why i've always liked this movie too is because i don't know if you remember this but one of the first trailers that came out for this one it started off and it was like this old woman and it was like you know with our new like regenerative cream whatever we can like reverse the effects of aging and it's like blah, blah. and it looks like it's like a beauty commercial and like the background is all white and this woman like de-ages to this like beautiful young woman and she's sitting there and she has this doberman with her and then like the screen gets kind of like glitchy and then like her face like transforms into a zombie and it's like this. this is a resident evil 2 trailer uh, and nice. it just like yeah, cuts to Alice in like the city that's just in ruins, and she's like cocking the shotgun. And I was just like, 
my god that's like the greatest trailer in the world yeah so like i think that's why it's always part of part of it stick with me too also throughout the movies i love how they generally have the ending of one movie like directly linked into the beginning of the next one so yeah the the first one ends with alice waking up in the hospital going out seeing the world getting the shotgun and that's like where it ends and then that's also pretty much exactly where the second one uh, starts up again um Mm -hmm. although in in a lot of them pretty much all of them i think there's for some reason, there's always a reason for her to be doing a voiceover explaining what has happened and getting you caught up in the story so far. And so, it, like, in the second movie, it's because they've they've hooked up with this woman, Terry, who is a newscaster, and she's, like, filming everything for, for her Emmy. And so, like, the, what, what you heard at the beginning was Alice, like, recording on this, uh, on this camcorder. Um, so that was pretty cool. You get to the end of this one... What happens at the end of this one, Cody? Do you remember? She has her big face off with Nemesis, right? And yes. don't they like she's winning, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And they come and take Nemesis away, don't they? Well, she's they're like she she beats him and like the doctor's like finish him off and she's like no. And then Nemesis like cuz he's impaled on this this shrapnel and so he like pulls himself off of it. And the guy orders Nemesis to kill Alice, and then like you can see like his eyes, and he's like he's like remembering who he was, and he rebels against it, and he's like, no, I'm not going to kill her. Um, so that doctor ends up dead. I don't I don't recall what happens to Nemesis. I don't know if he gets killed or if he just goes off somewhere. But Alice and her posse, like Jill Valentine and everybody, uh, they go off in a helicopter, and just as they're leaving the nuclear missile comes and hits Raccoon City, big explosion, and then the helicopter crashes. And so then, like, you see... It's, like, sometime later or something, and, like, everybody's gone, and Umbrella uh, minions come to the crash site, and they find Alice's body. And, I mean, she looks very much dead, okay? Um, mm-hmm. And they take they take her body back with her, and then you see, like... um. I don't know, I guess like like a back to tank from Star Wars where she's just like in the water. Um, and so there's an Alice there, which we assume is as a clone. Uh, this is where like the yeah. cloned Alice's start. And so they bring her out and she's like like stuttering and like trying to stand up and like figure stuff out and she doesn't like remember. Um, but then as stuff is going on, she remembers who she is. And so she like attacks everybody, breaks out of the facility. Um, and like Jill and the other people she was with somehow have stolen an umbrella SUV and are like, yeah, we're here to pick her up. And so they escape and the guy's like, you know, let her go. Uh, project Alice is activated. And so it's just like another thing where like, okay, they're keeping an eye on Alice and letting her out in the world to just see what happens. Cause like umbrella does like just constantly doing all these experiments. Right. Um, so then the third movie, it opens, which I love how they do this. So the third movie opens almost the exact same way as the first one, well, part of the first one, where Alice wakes up in the shower, um, because in the first movie, like, once the nerve gas hit, she fell in the shower, and so she wakes up and she doesn't remember. Um, So this one, same thing, she wakes up, she goes out, she's fighting in these hallways, she ends up getting killed, okay? And then, like, guards come and take her body and dump her in this, this big ditch where there's just, like, 
dozens of Alice bodies. And so it's obvious oh. that they've got her clones and they're just trying different stuff out with her. And so yeah. it's just this rural remote location in the desert. And um, and then the movie proper starts. And like this one used to be one of my favorite movies. But then like the last time I watched it, I was like, I don't like this one as much anymore. It's kind of boring. I feel like there's a lot of parts where Alice is just like riding around on her motorcycle by herself doing some stuff. Um, but this is where she more fully gets control of now her not only super strength, but like her telekinetic powers as well. So like there's a scene where there's just like a huge flock of like crows that are also zombie crows. And she just like sets them on fire with her mind because that's something she can do now. Yeah. I don't remember this at all. Mm. Um, Okay. Yeah. You know, when people said the Resident Evil movies get weirder and weirder after each one, they weren't joking. No, okay. no, they're not. No, no. So they just... What number are we on in the Resident Evil movies? Um, six, I think seven, right? No, six, six. And that was the final chapter, which... Most, most okay, people. I remember this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so, any... so what are your, like, overall thoughts on these movies? Like, do you like them, or...? Well... Yes. No, I still, I, yes, I like them. I said three, I'm like, meh, meh. Uh, but then, like, in my watch through, I did one and two, and then I didn't want to watch three again, because I was like, whatever. And then I watched four again, and I'm like, God, you got, you know what? I know it's not a good movie. I mean, I can clearly see, like, all this stuff. I'm like, this is not good, but I love it. And I think four <laughs> is, like, my favorite of the movies right now, just because it's, like, so much fun to watch. Um... It, it really goes all in on the action. It, it starts with like a sequence where there's just like an army of Alice clones attacking an umbrella facility. Um, and then it's got, it's got Claire Redfield in it, which is played by Allie Larder. She was in the third movie also. She's got some amnesia because she had one of those spider um, medallion things stuck to her chest. Hey, we know about those. Oh yeah, we know about those. Um, there's a prison where, like, people are holed up, like, just trying to survive, and that, like, gives me a real Dawn of the Dead kind of vibe, just from people mm -hmm. trapped somewhere. And then it has, you know, my favorite guy is the Executioner, who we fought at kind of towards the beginning of the Resident Evil 5 game. Yeah. He's got that huge, like, hammer, sickle, not sickle, but just, like, axe hammer. Um, and he's got the burlap over his head and, like, nails in his face so he's in this movie and like he like breaks okay. into the prison and there's this really awesome fight in um in the prison showers um oh i've seen this part okay yeah, yeah, yeah and so like he's hitting pipes and so there's water going everywhere and um alice gets like knocked in a wall and like is knocked out for a little bit and like Claire Redfield gets to be a badass and you're like, yeah. And so like she takes this guy down and like he falls down. And you're like, yeah, that was awesome. Claire gets to save the day. And then the guy gets back up. And of course, like Alice has to like get back up too. And then she has to finish him off, um, which there was this really right there at the end. There was this scene where it could have been like Claire and Alice both like have guns and pull triggers at the same time and they could have done it together, but they didn't do that. They just, Claire didn't have her gun anymore. It was just Alice because Alice is the hero. So she had to save the day. Um, 
but, but yeah, I was a little disappointed with that. But also in this one, like you see her shotgun is packed with quarters because like, I guess she ran out of bullets, use quarters. And so what I, what I loved about this scene is so like she kills the guy and then you just see like all these quarters falling on the ground. And it's so like a video game because like you kill the enemy and then you go pick up your money that they dropped. So I was like, this is fantastic. <laughs> um can we go back to the first movie real quick? Yes. Because you were talking about showers for some reason reminded me of this. <laughs> so when Alice wakes up, uh, uh-huh. I don't remember. What is the actress's name who plays Alice? Mila Jovovich. Mila Jovovich. Uh, was not expecting to see some boob. Yeah. Uh, so like she is like stands up and is just like wrapping this towel around herself and like turns. And I'm like, that's <laughs> fucking nipple. What is happening? Yeah, yeah, you uh, see that like also, a few times through the series. Like they're real, oh, just okay. whatever. With they really just like the. Yeah, isn't she married to the director or she something is, like that? Yeah, Paul. Uh, so he's probably like, he's probably like, yeah, you do that. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm derailing this entire thing to go back it's to the fine. first movie. It's fine. But um, for wardrobe choice, the red half dress Alice decides to wear. Mm-hmm. What? You just woke up and you're like, this red half dress seems amazing right now to wear. It was like what? the only thing that was set out for. I mean, she was like, well, I guess I'm supposed to wear it. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I, would, I think I would have put different clothes on personally. Okay. Or like rip that skirt thing and just wear it like a normal. Okay. To be fair, in the video games, Ada Wong is known for wearing like a red half dress like that. So okay. maybe that was why they made that. Ch- Although I don't know if when did I don't know when Ada Wong made her first appearance. I don't know if she was out. By the time, I don't think she was, because I think, I know she was in Resident Evil 4, which was 2005, but I don't know if she was before uh, this that. Came out in... This came out in 2000, oh wait, this came out in 2002, so who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe Alice's dress was the inspiration for Ada in the game. I don't know. Um, so I had a Resident Evil 4, that's what you were talking about. Okay. So uh, they end up on this this ship, this freighter, where uh, Umbrella has, like, conned people and been like, hey, it's safe here. And then they, like, get them to do biological experiments, of course. And Wesker is here, okay? Our favorite Wesker. Which she fought oh. him earlier, and he's just, like, he's infected, and he, he just can't kill him. He survived a plane crash, whatever. Um, but um, there's this cool scene of what... Doesn't the laser wall come back into play and Wesker is there? And one of the later movies, or my, the laser wall comes back, doesn't it? And Alice does like some flips. Yeah, like multiple times. Like I believe in Resident Evil Three when the clones were doing. <laughs> well, it. Yeah, they just really love the laser wall effect. Oh my god! Wait till like... I wait till I get to the fifth movie, okay? But yeah, no, they've it's it's definitely been back. Um, but okay, I forgot to mention in four, uh, Chris Redfield makes his appearance. He's reunited with his sister. Great, you know. Um, so. Towards the end of the fourth movie, there's this scene where they're kind of fighting against Wesker, but the fight really hasn't started yet. And Wesker does the thing where he takes off his sunglasses because he always has his sunglasses and he throws them and Chris catches them. And then like Wesker uses it as a distraction to come over there and kick his ass. And that's exactly what happened in the Resident Evil 5 game because we were playing it. And I was like, why did he just throw his glasses? That was so stupid. But uh, they had it in the movie, too. So I was like, that's really cool. I appreciate that. Um, 
so then they defeat Wesker. Like there's this scene where she shot him in the head and he has just this gaping hole and you can see like there's no brain in his head anymore. It's just all been like blown out. She's like, all right, yeah, took care of it. We're good. Um, turns out now he's he's fine. He like gets in a plane, flies off, uh, but they've put a bomb on that plane. Uh, so it explodes yeah. again. But, you know, Wesker, he just he can't kill him. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so they think that they're all safe and happy and they're like, great. And they're all like they free all the people and they're standing on this big freighter being just like happy, you know, hey, great. And then all these umbrella helicopters start flying in from the horizon and they're like, uh oh. And you go into the helicopter and you see this blonde woman with a spider, uh, you know, medallion on her chest. And she's like, guys, blah, 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 prepare for the fight of your lives, you know, and they're going to go attack. And that's the end of the movie. And so the first time I saw that, I'm like, who's this lady? Like, I don't am I supposed to know who she is? And I had to watch the credits. And it turns out that's Jill Valentine. And apparently... In the second movie, she had short black hair, and now in in this instance, she has blonde, long blonde hair, and because of like this pendant and the way they wanted to show it, like she has a really low cut shirt, um, and so like something about like the way this is, it makes her neck look really long, and there's just something completely unrecognizable about her. Like I still I could look at pictures of them side by side and I'm like, no, that's not the same lady. I do not understand how that's the same lady. But I mean it's definitely the same actress. It's Sienna Guillory who plays her. Um, but like, yeah, it's like now like all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I understand the Clark Kent glasses disguise now. Because like if this hair color change can do like this much, I'm like, okay, it's fine. Um Okay. Then Resident Evil 5 picks up right where we left off at the battle on the boat, okay? Um, and pretty much Alice gets blown off the boat. She gets captured. She wakes up in this facility. And what what's the focus of this one? What, what I think they thought about when they were making this, this one was like, what if we did one of those, like, Elseworlds stories where we could just, like bring all your favorite actors like back from the dead and just like do weird stuff and like everything that was cool in the old movies let's just like bring it back and like do it again but like in a different way and i think that's what their goal was uh because this whole thing is pretty much in an umbrella facility where they did testing and so they have these like huge like it'll be like a whole neighborhood that's built and it's just like a staging area to like test out what happens when you let zombies loose or something. Um, and technically it was like a, it was to give demonstrations to different countries in order to sell them bioweapons. Right. Um, oh. But anyway, so Alice is captured in here. Jill Valentine with her medallion is in charge and she kind of like gets broken out and she meets Ada Wong who Ada Wong has come in to save her. Turns out she's working with Wesker and Wesker is trying to free Alice because like she's humanity's last hope. Things have gone bad. And like, he's like, sorry, let's, let's be friends now. It'll be fine. Let's get you out of this facility and you can come save the day. Right. Um, so the real cool thing is uh, Wesker sent some other backup for help and it includes one Leon Kennedy who, like I said earlier, in the second movie, sounded like he was dead. But hey, doesn't matter. It's fine. Um, so he comes and he's joined by Barry Burton, who was in the first Resident Evil game. But this is his first appearance in the cinematic universe. 
Um, and then there's one of the guys from, uh, from the fourth movie, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, so you go into these, um, simulations and like one of them, Alice wakes up and she's got like long hair and she's like a housewife and she's married to one of the guys who died in a previous movie. And like, they've got this daughter who's deaf named Becky and like zombies attack. And she's like, Becky, go hide in the closet. Um, Oh, actually, they're running for a while. They run into Michelle Rodriguez, who this time she's just like a, a neighborhood lady and she's like a social activist and stuff and like loves the earth. And um, so you get to see her for a little bit. Um, that Alice ends up dying. It's fine. There's stuff. Um, you run into Michelle Rodriguez again later when she's like a, an assault commando again. Um, and then... You ran into her one more time because she's like the neighborhood lady who actually survived that first zombie outbreak. And she's like, what's going on? And um, so it's just like, they just were like, what can we do to like bring back people who've been dead? Let's just, okay, clones. That's it. It's just clones. Let's clone everybody. It'll be fine. It'll be a good time. Um, so like, they just went crazy with this one and had a lot of fun. It's it's really not, not, not a great movie, um, but it's still fun. I, you know, I like all of them. This one ends... Oh, there's this really gross scene where at the end um, they're fighting the the assault commando, Michelle Rodriguez, and she has to... She infects herself with Las Plagas virus, which is the virus from Resident Evil 4 game. Um, and so she just... She doesn't mutate. She just becomes, like, unstoppable. And so, like, they shoot her a bunch of times and then, like, you see the bullets traveling through her and then, like, they just, like, poop out her fingers and I'm just like oh my god that's so disgusting like I don't even know oh um but anyway so there's some pretty cool fights and then Alice has to fight Jill Valentine and like gets the spider off of her chest and like saves her or whatever um so oh yeah so then they go to see Wesker and it's like the they're at the White House and it's just like total devastation like completely war surrounded by zombies and, like, you pan out and you see those, like, flying um, insect ones. Remember, like, where we'd shoot the people oh, and there's God. things would pop out that we hated? So those things were there. And I remember the first time I saw those in the trailer, I got really excited because I thought they were dragons. And I was like, what are they doing? <laughs> they're, they're bringing dragons into Resident Evil? But no, it's just those insect things. But that's still cool. Um, but yeah, it just kind of ends there. You don't really see what happens. And then, like, I had no recollection of what happened in the sixth movie, the final chapter. So I looked it up. Um, basically, somehow, like, Wesker betrays Alice again. Um, the Red Queen. Shocking. I know, shocking, right? Um, the Red Queen AI somehow contacts Alice and is like, hey, there, you know what? There's an antidote. There's an airborne antidote. Um, if you, like, come here and get it and release it, like, you can save the world. But, like, if you don't do it in 48 hours, like, it's past the point of no return and, like, everyone's going to die. So good luck with that. And so I guess this that movie is just her going to get it. Um, but here's where it gets tricky, right? Because we said in Resident Evil 2 that Dr. Ashford and his daughter Angela were the reason that the virus was made, right? So in this last one... There's actually a Dr. Marcus and his daughter, Alicia. And Alicia had a problem where she would have, like, rapid aging. And so the virus was made to help keep that in check. Um, but, I don't know, somebody killed Dr. Marcus. They took the virus. Uh, 
Alicia is like technically one of the board members of Umbrella, and like all the board members of Umbrella have been cryo frozen in this facility where also the huh. uh, the antidote is. I don't know. It's weird stuff. Um, but what you find out eventually, spoiler alert, I guess. Do you care? Do you want to know what happens? Nah, it's fine. I'm it's good. Fine. It's fine. Because um, none of it makes sense anyway. So you eventually find out that Alice, all along, has been a clone of this Alicia that was the daughter of Dr. Marcus. And so, like, the I think Alicia is actually old by this time because something's happened. But she ends up helping Alice and they... I, I guess defeat Wesker and get the antidote and start the process to save the world. And like, that's, that's why it's the final chapter. It's like, it's done now. They've, they've done it all. But, uh, I don't know. Um, I feel like, I feel like it's a real good ending point for that part of the series. But as of last year, Cody, there have been rumors that there's going to be a reboot. I will say, I feel like I've, heard some things about them doing a reboot um that was something you know i didn't know all that um (laughs) i've I've seen a couple of them i've seen parts of a couple um so if they do a reboot do you hope they go more video game-esque where like it like they won it's just focusing on like leon kennedy being a cop Mm -hmm. and like he stumbles upon say umbrella Corps, and they're doing experiments and then he's gotta fight some zombies Here's what I, my hope slash prediction on this is, because I feel like the game started going kind of, kind of wonky, kind of wobbly. That six was just like, whoa, what's happening? And you didn't know it was, uh. and then Resident Evil 7 came out and was like, hey, no, we're cool. We're going in a kind of new direction, but we've got this and we're, we're going to do something really good. So I feel like. Now that the movies have gone all wonky and crazy, they're ready to like pull back and be like, all right, let's focus. We're going to do something a little different, but it's going to be real good. And so what I think is going to happen is I think Alice is gone. Like, obviously, Mila Jovovich is, you know, getting older. She's not going to be doing these movies forever. It's time for something new. Um, And I feel like Rebecca Chambers was in Bravo Team, one of the first ones to go... I don't even know if she made it to the mansion at first. She, I mean, she showed up in the first game, I think, but um, she's never been in the theatrical versions. So I feel like she could be a new character that they could bring in and she could be the lead and just go back to the very beginning and focus on that that initial outbreak and really have them be just in this mansion and like be more of the slow horror, less action not like superhero, superpowered action, just literally, like you said, like a cop just dealing with this and like, you know, slow zombies again and more of that building the suspense and building the atmosphere and making it more of a true horror movie again. Um, so I feel like that's a way that they could go and have it be something pretty cool. But I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think they should kind of step, take a step back and go, more horror, less action. Yeah. Um, because like, granted, Resident Evil Five was very actiony, mm-hmm. um, but Resident Evil Seven, like you said, is a different. Like it's more horror and suspense, and I could kind of see if they just want to take the plot of Resident Evil Seven and make that into a movie. Yeah. It probably would work really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost like a Texas Chainsaw meets like Dawn of the Dead in a way. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I can see that working pretty well. Yeah. I like it. I don't know. Um, and I mean, obviously we've got next January, the, the Resident Evil 2 remake is coming out. I think it's January 25th, unless I'm just like being overly optimistic and it's February, but I think it's January. No, I think you're right. I think it's January. Or is it, yeah, it's January 25th because it's really close to February, whatever, when yeah. Anthem comes out. Yeah. So after Resident Evil 2, what are your hopes for Resident Evil 8? Do you think they continue any of the storylines picked up in 7, or do they go back to some old characters? What do you think? I, I what do mean, you what do you want, Sam? You're the Resident Evil fan here. Um, I mean, okay. If they if they make a Resident Evil 8, I would kind of like for them to do like alternating things. So like they did Resident Evil 2 remake and then a new Resident Evil 8, and then they could do another remake and then do another new one cuz I eventually want to get that Resident Evil 4 remake. Like well, that's my that's my number one priority. Um, but if they're making like a whole new game, um I really like what they did with Seven, like having the slower and like this the dark tone. Um, I mean, I, I liked having the first person. Like I've always loved the third person action of of the games, but uh, but the first person worked there, and it really just just that change alone helps to make it more scary. I think. Um, so if they keep with that, I I feel like between games, like a lot of times they will just like switch characters and like it, it won't necessarily be the same characters from the previous game it's like you know they've told kind of a concise story there so let's like go ahead and like be like if it's like a different like a vignette like there are all these different outbreaks that have occurred throughout the world and so we're just like maybe exploring something new um like i was totally okay with like ethan being a new character so if we mm-hmm. have another new character in like a different location dealing with like a different weird outbreak like I'd be cool with that. Um, I mean, I think it's it's. I think that would be a fun direction to go, and just let the remakes be focusing on you know the characters we know, and just redoing that kind of thing, and then just letting the new ones go in a totally new direction. I'd be good with that. But I don't know. Do you have any final thoughts on Resident Evil? Um. I think it's a really good series. Uh, I'd like to dive more deep into it. Um, I'd like to finish seven by two and then see what comes next. But yeah, Resident Evil, pretty good series. Pretty good for the horror genre, I feel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just piece of advice. Always shoot him in the head. Or at least the knee so then you can walk up and do a backflip kick. That's really good advice because that saves your ammo too. Uh, exactly. I mean... You're a Resident Evil pro now. You know all the tricks. So. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't work in Resident Evil 7, which I'm kind of sad about, because I got so used to running up and just doing a backflip kick. Yeah, I mean, Ethan does not have, like, the acrobatic skills that... Some he would go guys... for the kick and get halfway and just fall backwards, like, Because well, I feel like he has, like, dress shoes on, so he'd get caught in some boots exactly. and just, like, he is and not fall on his back. Prep for zombie survival <laughs> in there. It's really not... And I mean, poor guy, he's had his hand cut off already, so he's just having a rough time. But he's doing his yeah. best, so. Yeah. Oh my god, I almost forgot the most important thing. Okay, um, 
Cody, last night I was I was trying to oh hold on I was trying to find some fun trivia I was like maybe we can do some Resident Evil trivia but like all of it was really specific and also like really hard and obscure and I'm like this is not fun trivia but there is one piece of trivia that you might know that I found interesting okay so here in America we call it Resident Evil in Japan it had a different name for the game um, and it's I'm not asking for, like, a Japanese name. I'm asking for the American translation for what the name was in Japan. But do you have any idea what Resident Evil is called in Japan? Doesn't it have something to do with Biohazard? Because Resident Evil 7 is called Biohazard because it's, some, it's Biohazard 7 or something in Japan? Good job! You, you're spot yeah. on. It's called Bio... It was called yeah. Biohazard. And apparently when it was coming to the to America, um, there were, like, already a few games called Biohazard, so they're like, we can't... We can't deal with this and, like, have it... We can't, we can't name it yeah. that. So they were trying to figure out what to call it, and they had, like, a competition within the company for people to submit their ideas to pick a name for the game, and someone submitted Resident Evil, and that's the one that got chosen. So that's how we ended up with that name. Okay. Fun fact. I thought it was fun. That's pretty cool, yeah. Okay, but that's not why I was excited. I was excited because while I was doing that, I was like, ooh, quizzes. I love quizzes. And so I found some quizzes to say, what Resident Evil character are you? And I took like, I took three different ones, Cody, before I found like a nice easy one to to share with you. Um, All three times, three different sites, three different quizzes, I got the same result, which I found odd. Um, I was Jill Valentine. Oh, nice. Well, yeah, like, I I think that's really cool, but, like, I don't feel like I'm a Jill Valentine, because, like, she seems pretty badass, and, like, hold on, I wrote I wrote down some of the stuff it said about her. Um, you're determined, loyal, and no matter what is thrown your way, you always keep a cool head. I think I freak out sometimes. You're also a sharpshooter whose ability to think quickly has gotten you out of many stressful situations. And I mean, you know my aim. You know that is not at all accurate. So I don't know where that's coming from. But um, and then one of them said, "You have your friends' interests at heart." So I'm like, "No, okay." But hey, I'll I'll never complain about being compared to a Jill Valentine. So, Cody, tell me who you got. (laughs) I got Billy Cohen, and I feel like the only reason after you described the video games is because it asked me my favorite location. And I picked a train because oh. I've never been on a train. And I was like, trains seem cool. And then you said Resident Evil Zero all yeah. takes place on a train. So yeah. I figured they were like, you're Billy Cohen. Well, I feel so. like that's a shitty way to do a quiz if that's really what it was. Um, but let me tell you about Billy Cohen, okay? So in Resident Evil Zero, like I said, you're playing as Rebecca Chambers, uh, the cop who got separated from her team, whatever. So Billy Cohen is this escaped convict that is loose around here. Um, I believe he was arrested for slaughtering 23 people. So, I mean, in video game world, I mean, that sounds like you kill a lot of people in video games. Um, I mean, I'm just good at it. It's all. <laughs> but I, I, like, I didn't No, Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I didn't, I didn't play the whole thing. I didn't read fully up on Billy Cohen, but I feel like he was like falsely accused. I feel like there were special circumstances because like what I've seen so far, he seems like a pretty good guy. He helps Rebecca out that she, he's the person that you, uh, team up with. And so you play as both Rebecca and Billy and they're like co-op helping each other out, trying to survive this zombie threat. So, I mean, I feel like he's a misunderstood guy who's got a bum rap, but he's really a good guy and he's taking care of business. So I feel like that's, that's a good one. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm down for it. Cool. All right. I think that's going to wrap it up. Do you think there's anything else? I mean, I think we've gone on long enough about wrestling. Oh, I think we got the people a nice meaty episode, and we let me <laughs> uh, miss last week, so we definitely yeah yeah so. made up for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, quick reminders. So Friday, October 19th, we have our community game night with Dead by Daylight. So we'll be live streaming that. And of course, if you have the game, let us know if you want to come in and play with us. Uh, Cody will kill you. I mean, that's just that's what he does. I probably will not because I'm not a very good murderer, but I'll give it a try. <clears throat> and then be on the lookout for our extra live streams coming at the very beginning of November. Um, we are the podcast posse and you can learn more about that at geekheartgames.com slash extra life. All right. Uh, if you want to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, we're at geekheartgames. Uh, the Twitch channel where we'll be streaming is twitch.tv slash geekheartgames. We've got our video series over at geekheartgames.com slash YouTube. And we just posted our, our last episode of the Resident Evil 5 playthrough. That was a meaty episode as well, because we we just crammed it all in there at the end. The yeah. fire chapter, we're like, we're just going to get through this. It's fine. Um, we're taking a break this week, and then hopefully the week after that, we will be back with a new Two Guardians season. So looking real forward to that. We've been having a good time so far. Um, I've... Oh, yes. Uh, if you want to chat with us on Discord, we're at geekartgames.com slash Discord. If you want to buy a shirt, you can go to geekartgames.com slash shirts. I am on Twitter at S-K-S-U-V-A-K. Cody? I'm at comic Cody. All right. Once again, I don't know, something wise about shooting zombies. I was going to try to say something pithy and cool keep resiting those evils there you go that's it <laughs> all right cody take it away we're just two geeks who like shooting zombies do 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 yeah <laughs>